0: Thank you so much for tuning into the show. My interview with Jihoon Park was emotional and it was moving. To really experience the depth of this conversation, head to my YouTube channel to follow the interview along with subtitles. Welcome to the Spencer Lodge podcast, folks. Well, today's episode, I get some guests, don't I? I get some incredible guests, but on today's show... I wanted to dig deep and try and find out what happens in North Korea, why people wanna leave, why this leadership is so, so feared, so, so awful to its own people. And the guest on today's show is Jihoon Park, who escaped from North Korea, eventually ended up in Manchester and England. But my gosh, my golly, was her journey and her story something you really want to hear. Let's cue the music. So first of all, my guest today on the show, Jihoon Park, Jihoon, it's it's been really tough for me to try and think about all of the kind of questions i would ask and where on earth i would start with you here on the show today and to be honest with you i have a a a real fascination with what goes on in countries such as north korea because also as a young man i had a fascination with what went on in the soviet union and behind this this iron curtain that we were all told about in the west and the, the, the propaganda that led to us understanding certain things a certain way, maybe true, maybe not, um, created a feeling that we had where we we felt like it, there was some there, there was just not there was a lack of justice, there was a lack of fair treatment and stuff, and that was just that was just trying to understand communism really and stuff going on behind the iron curtain and and then we come to really North Korea, which to me just makes at the age of 50 still makes no sense at all and the only way I can try and describe it to people is when I was a youngster I lived in a country called Nigeria and people said to me what's like Nigeria like and I said I can't describe Nigeria because it I couldn't I couldn't describe it in enough words that would give you enough sense of what it's actually like there. My, my only advice would be you have to go see to get an understanding of it. And I think that's really what we have with North Korea. We, we, none of us, I think, can really even imagine it. And so hopefully today you'll share some light on that and tell us a bit more about what it's really like. So let's start from the beginning. I know you're in Manchester now and I know there's football in your family. So that's all a positive uh, ending. But let, let's go back to when you were young. Tell, tell me about family life when you were a small child.
1: When I lived in North Korea, I didn't know that too much about the outside the countries because the North Korea never uh, shared about the, to us outside the countries' history or people lives. So when I was young, I learned that uh, Kim Il-sung and Kim Jong-il is a great leader, not only in North Korea. is In a world, and he's God. Yes, so we believed that because it's the we never seen outside the countries. We only seen inside, and we learned that Kim Il Sung and Kim Jong Il's stories. So when Kim Il Sung was young, twelve years old, he uh, walked in thousand miles. Uh, First time he walked to the. from North Korea to China, and he learned educations. But after when he arrived in China and his father started to fighting in Japanese uh, era. So in 1926, his father uh, died, and then each time was his own reporting. So he start again, fight the Japanese. So he talked about Aichuji's revolution in Korea. So then he long journey to fight the Japanese era and he finally won in 1945. So that's why Korea revolution in August. So we learned about that that is really amazing stories because uh, it's all Korean people uh, lived in under the Japanese colony. So the people, we lost our languages and many people lost our Korean names it's in uh, Japanese era, but Kim Il-sung fight this uh, Japanese and the revolutions. And then 1950s is Korean War started. And then Kim Il-sung fight again, is South Korea and America. And then we also won. So in 1953 in July, we, uh, one disease war. So that is a really amazing story support to us. So we believed and we respected Kim Il-sung. And also Kim Jong-il is his uh, son and he also born in, in 1942 in back to mountain. So our young uh, children, we really surprised and we really proud and we always sang nothing to envy in North Korea. And when I was younger, we played with friends, always war games. So one of the team is the North Korean army and one of the team is the American army. We always together fight, but always win North Korean army. So in winter time in North Korea, we have got lots of snow. So we usually made a snowman and this snowman is describing the American soldiers. We put the big knots, <laughs> and it's hot. hat, and we put the snowball to the snowman. And sometimes we put the water, and then that snowman is gone. So we always say, okay, hey, okay, it's America is gone, gone." So that's our younger time play, because the we we, and then every uh, month is Kim Il birthday in April, in all over the world, the president and many famous people sent to him is a celebrated card, congratulations card and the birthday wishes card. We really surprised, we thought that North Korea is a strong country and amazing countries when I lived in North Korea, because North Korea never uh, shared to us informations outside the country, informations. And in North Korea only a book that is uh, describing the Kim Il-sung and the Kim Jong-il. And the TV is only one channel TV. We always see Kim Il-sung and the Kim Jong-il's documentary. And uh, child the, uh, movies also describing the world movies. So we never <laughs> got the, any information. We only see focus on Kim Il-sung and the Kim Jong-il. So we didn't know the when is uh, the Russia is uh, the is uh, the collapsed and many socialist countries in European in Europe is many socialist socialist countries collapsed down in nineteen eighties. But we didn't know, and the Germany unifications in nineteen eighties. But we didn't know.
0: Oh wow! But I suppose if you don't know what you don't know then how, how, you know, it's only when you see it afterwards that you're able to make the comparison. But when you're living in it, there's there's no comparison to be made because it is what it is, yeah?
1: Yes, yeah. We did know because North Korea never shared outside this information to us. They only shared Kim Il-sung and Kim Jong-il. So that's why we we have got the ear, we have got the mouth and we have the eyes, but we never seen anything. We never listened. We've never listened to anything that we only listened to the only one word yeah.
0: And were you a happy child?
1: I think I happy because I didn't know the anything that I just uh, lived in, isolated some of the place, so we only see the same thing every day. we never see different things. We see every, the same things every day, every life. so but we didn't know too much that is what means happy. Because in North Korea, we have got, I also a person, but we are not uh, personal emotions uh, shared inside North Korea. We only share the political emotions shared to people and the family. Same Because we always say this, thank you Kim Il-sung and thank you Kim Jong-il.
0: So, so it's almost like you're worshipping the, the leaders, uh, almost like uh, in a religious way.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because Th- that's uh, your religion. That is religion. Yes, yeah. Kim Il Sung and Kim Jong Il. This North Korean religion. This because of, that is Kim Il Sung religion. This is Juche ideology. That is one of the, the religions in North Korea. So we only respect it to them, and we call it Kim Il Sung is father.
0: Okay. So this this is what everybody does. You don't have these feelings or thoughts outside of it. What, what about if you you when you when you were young? Could could you ever question it? Could you say you know why, um, how come, or you know did, does is there anybody else? Does it make sense? Do, do you ever get a chance to to be like that? Were you able to ask those types of questions or even have conversations with your friends about? anything negative about the leadership?
1: No, we didn't. We, we didn't know that is what mean is questions. We never question mark to government.
0: Never?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, my, my memory is one day I asked my father because it, uh, it's every new year times we never uh, thank you to my father and my mother we only thank you, Kim Il-sung and Kim Jong-il because in North Korea, every house, we have got to put Kim Il-sung's the pictures on the wall. So we always thank you to him. So I think so when I was at the kindergarten, the first year, I went to the kindergarten and came to the home and I asked my father, why we thank you to Kim Il-sung first. So my father told me that, you. You don't ask this kind of questions in another people. You just only believe to him, and uh, uh, you also believed how kindergarten teach it to you. That is all we learned that. Don't never ask to us. So that is surprised me. And then after I didn't question, and also in our room, usually my father said that is you said carefully. Because when you said in in our room, and somebody already listened to our uh, when we when we said in our room, and then they report in is police. So you never said any negative words, your friend or your teachers, anybody. You always said positive things.
0: Okay. So did did you live in Pyongyang?
1: No, no. I I lived in Tongjin, it's a Hamgyong province near the, the Chinese border and I never been to Pyongyang.
0: And just was did where you live was it a city or a town? Was it was there lots of people? What was it? The countryside?
1: No, that is the North Hamgyong province is the, the north side and it's Tongjin is a big city in North Korea.
0: And what kind of population would that have?
1: Um, I don't know how many populations exactly in there, but uh, Chongjin is a really famous famous city. And they have got the sea, the East Sea, and also uh, the mountains in area. So that is a really beautiful uh, city Mm -hmm. in Chongjin. And also they have got uh, iron uh, companies, Big, big iron companies in Chongjin.
0: Okay. Tell tell me about the kind of work your mother and father did. What kind of careers did they have?
1: My mother uh, was a housewife and my father was a driver and he's also work party, Korea work party members. But my mother is not work party members. She stayed at home. So my father uh, worked in early morning and he came to the home in the dark days because they have long days to work in companies. And uh, usually uh, people think about the housewife is they always stayed at home, but in North Korea it's totally different. House mother is really busy every day. So every morning in 5 a.m., usually the winter is 5 a.m., and the summer is at the four thirty a.m. Uh, we listen to the some of the is a kind of shout somebody wake up, wake up. That is the it's a total is area It's one of the captains, They you know, she's shouted, and then all people wake up same day same times, and then people walk outside it's cleaning the is the apartment areas or broad areas and somebody cleaned inside apartment. So mothers usually wake up 4 30 a.m. or 5 a.m. They start cleaning in an area and then they make prepast and then after work again in painting or some agriculture works. So mother is really busy. So when I was younger my mother never played with me because mother is all busy outside some place. So we all children work together in our apartment areas. So we have no toys. We only play the sands or just some stones. We make some of the car or some make the hole. <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. we put the sand or stones to plant each other. So sometimes really dangerous play, you know, that is to put the stones in another person. That is sometimes dangerous. But Nobody shouted to us, played just only alone with us. With
0: and and were, as a child, did you have plenty of food?
1: Um, I think I have no plenty of food uh, when I was a child, because in North Korea, a uh, distri- distribution countries, because the government gave to us rice. So every person is a different amount. So my father is a worker. So he got the 700 grams a day. And my mother is the house, the wife, so 300 grams a day. So I was a child, it's the same 300 grams. And when we started at the high school, it's 400 grams a day. So government gave it to us the food twice a month. So father usually bring the, uh, the distribution card everyone is different. So mother got this card and then we went to the market. And this, then government gave to us food. So 30% is rice and 70% is corn. So when mother bring this rice and she divided 15 days and also divided the three meals so you think about that is a three divided three meals so we never enough enough the food one meal we always hunger and we have not any uh, snacks uh, it's a biscuit or it's a, uh, something kind of that we never eat that we only eat meals then play outside so we always hunger
0: so tell me how old were you when you guys decided that it was time to leave. And, and why did you leave? And, and what was the real driving force in wanting to get out of North Korea?
1: Uh, it uh, started in early 1990s. North Korea government didn't give to us any rice uh, and coins. So that time, people started starving. So people only got this the distributions by government, but it started in early 1990s, North Korea, the government didn't give to us any uh, rights. So people starving, and uh, start in 1994, when Kim Il-sung died, and after is, North Korea started massive bombing, it's, and then people died of starving every day. So we've seen dead bodies in street, in a market, and we usually heard that it's neighbors, somebody died of starvings, something that we, or every day of course. But we didn't uh, say that it's somebody died of stabbing because it's also a negative uh, word by government. So we only say that somebody died of illness.
0: So li- literally there were your friends, your family, your neighbors, people that, that you knew and people you didn't know. No one had food?
1: Yes, yeah, no one. Because it's, uh, North Korea, we have got not uh, enough money because only father worked in um, place and uh, he brings his salary. But that salary is just only one, uh, usually by rice is only one kilogram, not enough. And then government started to close this salary early 1990s because North Korea economy Already collapsed down. Last time so we didn't know that is why is economics collapsed down. But now we know that is because it is Russia also collapsed down in 1992, and many socialist countries collapsed in 1990s. So North Korea didn't support the, that is socialist countries. Those so that's why the economics problems.
0: And how, how long did you discuss leaving before you made a plan to go?
1: Uh, that is uh, so quickly because it's the first time I've seen uh, my uncle died of stabbing in front of me. But I love this uncle because uh, my mother never uh, told to us said, nighttime stories. But my uncle usually told me nighttime stories and uh, he played with me when my mother and my father busy at uh, outside. So I really loved my uh, uncle, but he died of starving, starvation in front of me. I really pained and heartbreaking. But that time, my father also didn't say anything, but he just only silent. I think so he, that time he also lots of questions his memory maybe because he's the work party members and always respected uh, to government, but we received that his hunger. So in 1996, my uncle died. Then in 1997, my younger brother came to home because he, that time he was joined the joint military. So uh, one day he came to home and he said that he was a holiday. Uh, in, in holiday times but yeah. in North Korea so usually uh, it's a military it's a, uh, who is a joined military the holidays to home is one another person joined uh, with him in North Korea it's not personal holidays always somebody checked the person but that time my my uh, brother came to home alone so first time I had a question but I didn't ask to him then uh, he came to the home, but he didn't sleep in a house. He just ran out and he said that I stayed in my friend's house. But we didn't know which friend, but that time all friends already joined the military services. So two days after, it's military uh, two military members came to my home, and they asked to us where was my brother so me and my brother already knew that is problems in my brother so uh, next day uh, it was midnight somebody is uh, knocked my door so i opened the door and then i really shocked because it's a military military service or these members they already called my younger brother and they already beat him so he his face is swollen and everywhere is, is blood. And they came to my home and then they start again they beaten him again, again. It's until the morning five AM and then they opened the door and my brother just shocked and I didn't speak because all night they beaten to him. And he couldn't, my my brother couldn't open his eyes. He couldn't say. So we didn't know that is why they beat my brother. Because they didn't explain. So then secretly my brother told me that, you save your brother, you leave this country. So, but I didn't how can I save my younger brother? Because this is military already called to him and they uh, just left my home. So me and my my brother is really nervous because we know that he punished and maybe he sent to the prison camp or he executed. So my I think so my brother already knows this situation. So he can... Is run out because it's a, this journey is a from Chongjin to is in his military journey by train, but in North Korea that time is already electricity is gone in all of all, all countries. So it's a train also not to work properly. Sometimes the trains stop the areas one day or two days. So when train is a stop and then he just run out. Because he already know that is what happened next, so he came to the home again, and he also disappeared. He said that I just is hide somewhere. So my brother is. That time is my brother also my brother condition also really hard because he shocked when he showed his brother died of stabbing, and he after. He didn't uh, start work because it uh, is it, uh, his kind of Uh, uh Yeah. Hemorrhage. Yes. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, he couldn't work, and uh, he just is uh, give up his workplace. So he always stayed at home. So I left home, and I lived uh, my illness father alone in cold dining room. And I still don't know that when my father passed away, and where where he was buried.
0: How How old were you, and how old was your father?
1: Last time so I was uh, twenty nine.
0: You were twenty nine when you left. Yes. And your father was.
1: My father was at uh, fifty five.
0: Your father, you left in North Korea when you when you went to China.
1: Yes, my father alone in North Korea. And I left North Korea with my younger brother.
0: And why did your father not go with you?
1: Because at that time, my father really illness. He couldn't walk. And he almost passed away. But he sometimes, he usually, he couldn't wake up. But it's only his breath. But sometimes he, he woke up and he didn't speak out at that moment. He only said that hand to me. Just leave, leave.
0: How did you feel?
1: A really emotional and also I really scared, scared at this moment because I knew that is what my brother left the military, this mean Because that is a really political meanings. And... Uh, uh, that is the my brother problem is also my family problems, not only my my brother problems so if they uh, is military came to my home again and me also sent me sent to prison camp same so I really shocked and also it's heartbreaking when I saw the, my father because he already is a, he really, illness, but I didn't give to him any medicines and I didn't give to him proper food to him. So really heartbreaking, but I just only remember that is my father's last wish save your younger brother.
0: That was very brave of your father to do that. So tell me, how did you escape?
1: So that time is the first time I escaped to North Korea. It was 1998. It was February, really cold winter. So uh, in my North Hamgyong provinces near the Chinese border, we usually 2 more leave in Song area. So I I knew that is where uh, where was my younger brother because the younger brother only contacted me. So sometimes you know that I sold out the my clothes and inside some of the something any anything I sold out outside and I earned the money. And then I chose the secret to my younger brother because he wanted survive survivors. So I contacted to him. We met in Onsong, uh, two more liberal areas. So me and my younger brother separated to journey. My journey is alone and my younger brother journey is different. So we uh, met in Onsong uh, near the Chinese border, it was February, and then we crossed the Tumon River. So that time is the river was already frozen, frozen and uh, me and the younger brother, midnight, it was 2 a.m., we just run out to, to, to see, so Tumon River. So Tumon River is only uh, 25 meters in north from China, not too high, so we seen you've seen is uh, the next uh, areas because usually it's North Korean militaries in here we see, uh, they but uh, we was seen there and we didn't find any person so we crossed the border we just uh, run out and we halfway and then we heard that is they There is stop stop is North Korean armies shouted to us and they gone to this fight on us but that time we already passed this tumor river and arrived in China.
0: Wow. Were you scared?
1: Very scared, very scared. But we only think that is we wanted to survive. Because in North Korea, it's the same. We maybe died stabbing, or we may be arrested in politics. It's present somewhere. We could be died somewhere in North Korea. It's died is the same, but it's, we have chosen to run these countries.
0: What was China like? What was your first th- memories or thoughts of China when you got there? What was different about it to uh, North Korea?
1: My first memories in China is the white rice and eggs. That is meal. Yeah, because uh, we learned that is in China when I lived in North Korea. In China, it's really poor countries. We thought that because we ate rice but China usually ate soup, China eat soup and bread. So in North Korea, people think about that somebody who eat soup, that is a really poor person. Yeah, so the imagination is that is a Chinese people really poor, poorer than North Koreans. But the, we arrived in China, me and the younger brother, and the, we just knocked any, any so, somebody house because we didn't know that this person, but he is welcomed to us his house and he gave to us meal, it's white rice and eggs. So that is a really surprise to us because in North Korea, in egg meal is really special for us because it's when Kim Il-sung's birthday and the government gave to us one or two eggs each person. So that is really special <laughs> meanings. But in China, that is, I think his house is not is the rich person's house. But he has rice and eggs. So that is really surprising <laughs> to
0: me. Did it taste good?
1: Yes, yes. That tastes really delicious. I still memorize
0: that yeah.
1: food. First day is the enough. I is enough food and enough eggs to eat that day. Yeah. I still memorize that that is very really
0: delicious food. It's funny how we can attach a memory to a meal at a certain time in our life that has such significance, and as you just explained that, your eyes lit up,
1: oh, and there was yes, so, yes. so
0: much warmth came from your face for for what what you're describing, and for the listeners out there that are listening to this to be so excited and to be so enthusiastic about a bowl of rice and eggs. It's just, It just, yeah. just incre- goes to show how how much of a challenge it was. So you get there, you've got a full belly, you're feeling good, you're happy, all this white rice and no soup anywhere, so you're happy. And mm-hmm. so, so, so then what happens? Then you, you live happily ever after and you find uh, a job, a career, and everything's wonderful, right?
1: No, so after breakfast and uh, this uh, man told to us, this area is a really dangerous area because that is close to Tumon River and it's the midnight already is a gunfire in North Korea side. So it's a Chinese police maybe searched this areas, So that is a really dangerous place. So you have to leave my home. But I say that I didn't know any person in China. So he said that I contacted my, my friend so he just is a phone call to his friend. Then two hours, I think so I waited two hours, so then his friend came to us. And we uh, owned the car and uh, went to the, his friend's house. It's two months. But the first time we didn't know that uh, uh, this person, because it's a, uh, when it's the Chinese, per, it's the first person didn't describe in the, his friend, what what he did, did he do and what kind of person he didn't describe it to us. So we went to the two months and then this person told me that when you uh, survived in here, you have to marry the Chinese man. So first time uh, I just is, uh, denied it because I never think about that as I married with different countries, man because I was original North Koreans and the brain was the inside North Korea. So that's why I denied. And then he said that is, if you didn't marry the Chinese man, uh, you have to uh, repatriate to North Korea because we just contacted the police. So repatriated uh, repatriation is really scared to us. And we know that is what mean this is the repatriation. And uh, I know that is if we, the, we and the younger brother repatriated to North Korea, we have the executions. But my father's last wish was to save my younger brother. No, that's why I left my illest father alone in cold dining. So I haven't a choice. How, so that's why I agree with him. And then I sold the Chinese man, it's 5,000 yuan, is Chinese money. But uh, one day this man came to me and he said that he didn't with my younger brother. Because he said that I bought only you. I paid only you and I didn't pay him. So me and my younger brother told me that sister you have to go. You have to survive. Don't care me. I wanted to survive in here. So me and my younger brother Sefir didn't. Then you know that my brother didn't success survivor in China. He sent back to North Korea and I still don't know. He survived or died.
0: I'm so sorry.
1: But I never give up. I am still with my younger brother. Because when I think about my younger brother, i really sorry, my father. Because that is my father last wish. But I didn't save my younger brother. But I never gave up my hope. Maybe my brother survived some way. He also made me. (laughs) Sorry.
0: It's okay. Take a minute. That's tough. I'm so, so sorry. So,
1: I sold to a Chinese man, and when I arrived at this house, and they not accepted to me house members, it's the mother-in-law told me that we have paid a lots of money to broker, so you have to pay to us. So you just walked outside, it's hardly... So, first time I didn't understand what meaning is they bugged me, because his broker told me that he married this man. So, married means families. But Chinese families totally different meanings. They're not family meanings. They look like means only sex slavery and also workers.
0: So you was... you you were working and you were a sex slave as well.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. So that's why they bought me. So I worked in on early morning, start early morning, and until the dark days. That is the this man lived in uh, the countryside, and he they family is farmers. So I worked really hard. He said the Early morning until the dark days, because if I didn't walk, his mother-in-law you know, didn't give to me any rice or the space tales. so that's why I walked outside. then I wanted to survive. so, some, so that sometimes I talked about I wanted to suicide because I already lost my younger brother and lost my father. How can I survive in here? So I wanted to suicide, but one day I found out that I was pregnant. I, had chi- I have a child in my belly.
0: From the Chinese man?
1: Yes, yeah. So first time I really hated myself because my life was slavery in these families. But if this child came and saved my life, is the slavery in here. But this positive thing is, oh, this child's my last family. This child gave me hope. And this child gave me dreams and also some of the challenges maybe. So my mind is changed. I have to save this child. But one day, it's a Chinese this family area is a family captain, female captain, came to me, and she told me that this, just abortion, this child, because the Chinese government never accepted this child, the reasons that you are North Koreans. So I told her, no, I wanted to save my child. Then I wear big clothes every day because nobody find out my pregnancy. So I worked every day, continued to work until the, my delivered child. But I didn't, uh, I didn't go to hospital. This is 10 months times because I have no ID card and I stayed in North in China illegal and nobody accepted me hospital. So I never checked my child conditions or my conditions, something that's in a 10 months pregnant times. And then my delivered the child that on that day, and nobody helped me. His mother, in no, didn't help me.
0: When you gave birth? Yes, yes. yes. You were alone.
1: Yeah. So I, did, I alone is really pain the twelve hours, but nobody helped me. And then I didn't know the how did I deliver the child, you no. Know? So it's. Then after is my area is old lady. It's usually it's in China and North Korea it's the same is old lady they helped who is who is pregnant baby in that. so she came to me and she helped me is how it's finally. So then I first child his son that's his son. So I'm really happy because I have family and I have son.
0: And, mm. you, and you called him Chol?
1: Yes, Chol. It
0: stands for iron.
1: Yeah, yeah this means strong, strong life in here. Yes, yeah. So I just called him Chol. So it's the first day, nobody gave to me any warm meals. His mother, in you law know, didn't give me any warm soups. And the room is really cold. And I didn't know that how did I feed my child. So, my child is cried, and then I just feed him sugar water. So next day, this is an old lady came to me, and she asked me how did I feed my child so that time I told her oh, I feed him sugar water because i I thought that I was really do some great things. Because I feed him sugar water. And then she's really angry to me. And she told me that your first child really had pain, but you wanted to kill him. Kill him. So I'm shocked why I feed him sugar water, but why she's so angry? So she said that the child can't feed sugar water. That means you killed your child. So I said, that, how did I feed him? Because my breath milk still not come out. So she put my son, and it's, it's my arm area, and she said, you have to, you have to. So first, my child feed my breast milk. Oh, that emotion is totally different, you know? When my child starts feeding feed, is bread milk. i uh, really happy and also really pain, but I didn't think about this pain. I just only happy. And uh, I thought that is, of oh, I am mother. And then I cried this, uh, when I looked at my child. Nobody celebrated to me but myself. Really well, happy ma- that moment. Yeah.
0: You must have been very proud.
1: Yeah, I'm really proud and uh, I'm really proud to save my child because he's my family. He's given me happiness.
0: And so you brought your son up and tell me what happened when he was six?
1: Yeah, it's uh, when my son, before the, the birthday, is the, the first birthday, uh, we arrested in Chinese police because in my area, five if five North Korean females live in the same areas, all females the same as me is they assault the Chinese man. So one day the Chinese police came to the area and they arrested all people and we sent to the Chinese police station. So we stayed there three days and I uh, with my uh, child because motherly no never care about the, my child. So I stayed in police station. So we really scared at that times. But before is when my child was uh, three months after is a Chinese man, one day Chinese man came to the home and uh, he really drunk. And uh, he said that I wanted to sell my son because he's a gambling addict and alcohol addict. So he lost lots of money in gambling times. So that's why he wanted to sold his son. So when I heard that, I first time, I first time fight to him. I just holding the knife and then told to him, if you touched my son, I killed you." That is, is my, lifetimes is the first time I fight some of the evils. So we went to the Chinese police station. It's the same. Chinese police also told me that you just is selling to your son. Maybe you got the 10,000 Chinese money and then you paid to us. Then after you just leave this, the police stations. Because they not what they they think they not stand back to us in North Korea. They need money. They need money. So when I heard that I really hate it. Because it's my son is not is my son is a human. No? My son is a human but is why they always told me that it's selling to my son. I really hate it. I really hate it. So I only think about, I want to survive. So I just run out, me and only with my son. And I went to the, it's a tumor. And I just went to that broker. Because I know that's the only person, this broker. I hated the broker, but I know there's only one person in China, this broker. So I went to to his house and I told to him, I wanted to survive another area. I can't go to this place because his police already know me and they arrest me. So he said that he said, you have no IDs. So you have to call it your the Chinese husband because he's a Chinese ID card and then you have rent house someplace. So we call it him again and we rent the house and but he didn't walk anyway. He always gambling the so that is really really hated him. But is I just is responsible for my child, so that's why I didn't complain to him. I always walked, walk. But my heart is really deeply, and I really uncomfortable in the home. I didn't know the why. And then, that is 10 p.m., and somebody knocked the door. So, that time, is my heart is go down. Because I know that is nobody knows me, and nobody knocked my door is in, in night times. So, I knew that is something is come to me. Mm-hmm. And then, I opened the door, and the 10 Chinese authorities came to my house. And they said that is, they wanted to arrest me. So I, that time is, I spoke to Chinese. So I said, that is why? What happened? So they said that you are North Koreans. I said, no, I am not North Koreans. I'm Chinese. And uh, I made the fake ID cards. And I showed to them that they said that, that is fake ID card. And after they just uh, handcuffed my hand, impront my five years old child. But my son didn't know that what happened, why they arrested my mother. And then I went to the police stations and first I wrote the statement. So I wrote all the Chinese words, my names because I already I knew the many Chinese the words so that's why I wrote some this. And the some it's is fake. I wrote the fake bonus some, or something like that, And then they say that is, you are, is speak is really good, and your writing is better than Chinese. But somebody already contacted to us. You are North Koreans.
0: And so, just like that, you were sent back.
1: Yes, yeah, so, just like that. So I diger to them. I just wanted them see my son once. At my son once because I wanted to him wait mom. But they're not allowed to me see my child. So I didn't see my child and we separated. You so did
0: you, you, you could you couldn't even say goodbye.
1: I didn't say goodbye. I didn't say goodbye. And my son didn't know that is why police arrested my mom. My son is only five. You know, and we separated. I just lost all families that times. You know. Then I separated to North Korea. So. <sighs> so I went to the North Korea and uh, I didn't think about the only because in North Korea we in a prison we always hunger and really hard work and usually it's police beaten to us, torture, and they shouted to us really bad languages. And many people only all every people search to find the food in a street or workplace and they sometimes touch to progs and they find the the, the potatoes eat, but I only think about my son. So I am not a religion person, but every night I just pray, God, Maria, please save my son. I just reunited my son one day. That is how I survived in North Korea, because only think about my son.
0: And how long were you back in North Korea before you escaped again
1: I, uh, I stayed in North Korea I prison in six months so when I lived in prison but I didn't uh, get it's uh, a government month uh, how many years you stayed prison or something like that because they didn't uh, the, the statement any statement and we only worked in our prisons. so I worked with only female groups in countryside, in farmer works. So we usually work in uh, fair food because it's, uh, the police never allowed to us any shoes in case we escaped this farmland uh, So that's why we always uh, work in fair food, but in North Korea, it's pavement, pavement is not clear, That is it's and uh, uh, in areas, many glasses, stones, and animal fits any, Anyway, So if you step the glasses or stones, and then you're bloody but you continue to walk, walk. If you slowly or something that they just kick to you. Anyway, we don't know the way. It's police kicked to us, tortured to us. So that is really hard work. So one day I wake up because we usually wake up early morning before the prepast We two-hour walk in area and then prepast and continue to walk. So early morning walk. So I woke up, but my leg was problems. I couldn't. I touched my leg, but I didn't feel, and it's, nothing happened on site in a poor areas. So I couldn't walk. But this police shouted, "You are lazy," so that's why you just uh, is your leg. Because many people didn't look, is nothing to happen at first times. Then next day is uh, this put is swollen, it's swollen. Then after is come out some yellow disgusting waters is came out of my leg and then my temperature 39 40 degrees and but police didn't give me any medicines and after that really disgusting waters came out then it's bugs come in here and the bug eggs in my food areas and then police people told me that oh that's smelling is uh, it's a dead person's smelling, and I didn't eat, you know, and I didn't. There's feeling my halfway, so my in my head think about that. I wanted to, to go toilet, but I already did in here. Because I didn't feel anything that. So after they sent it to me in, uh, is a uh, real present. Because we worked in farmer area, so it's, they sent to me uh, the prison, and then they said, that is you cannot die inside prison, you died outside everywhere. So then they released me, and they put me some is government areas, because they looked my conditions. If my conditions better, they bring to me again prison. If I died, they don't care. So they uh, put me in area, and this area is usually child, children who lost their child. That is, look like orphanage uh, places. So this child also looked at me, and they followed me when I went to the toilet. Wow. So, yeah, so I stayed in a room, and uh, before I went to this place, and uh, they have got is uh, some is government workers. They told me that you never uh, spoke about the Chinese. And if children ask to you, is the Chinese life, You never, you never described it to them. So I know that is what mean that. Because that is really political mean and the children, you know, already hungers and they wanted to go to China and one, one of the meals they have to eat. That is their dreams. So that's why I knew that. So I stayed there three months, and every week, uh, police uh, came to me and they checked my condition. So three months I didn't walk, and my leg is still this yellow waters come out, come out.
0: Tuberculosis.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know is what what happened, but it's some it's, it's bacteria is came here. But they didn't give it to me any medicines.
0: No medicine at all.
1: No medicines. It's the, this is this the place they gave to me? Is a white powder. But that is not original medicines. It's North Korea made. The illegal, illegal is made powder, because it's when it's the start of war and many people it happened. So that's why they made this is illegal powder. So this powder I put my leg on it. Then put the uh, this powder and after water is come out, come out okay, every day. So three months after, it's a, I just, it's, a, it's only me. I feel that my leg is my legs a little bit better. I just walk, but I always hide, hide to them all over the people. I never told it to them. My leg is better than people. So I always hide. So one day, is that I found out the brokers because when I came to this open area and the next day is one of the brokers came to this area, this place, and he asked to me, if you wanted to go to China, please ask this, this come to me. But I say that's no. I never again to go to China because <laughs> I can't share the day, today. them my information because that is really dangerous in North Korea because the North Korea system is one person looking the five people every day, what do they do, what do they speak? So I know that. So first time I said, you no, know, protocol, no, I never go to China again. But I always think about my child, you know, that's why I survived, yeah, so yeah. yeah. So three months after, I knew that is, uh, Malik is better than before. And uh, it's already uh, November. It's time it's November. And uh, I knew that is, uh, this means November in tumor is sometimes ice, because it's, this uh, north side is really cold near the China and near the Russia border. So it's really cold areas. So one day I thought, I spoke to this broker I wanted to go to China, so this broker told me that you have to uh, human trafficking in China because I wanted to sold to you Chinese man. So I agree with him. I didn't tell him my son in China something. I didn't. So I agree him. I agreed him because I have no money. I have my condition is really bad. So no choice. So think about only first left North Korea first, then think about second in when I arrived in China. So I agree with him and we journey to China. So in the early morning, I just escaped this place because the children slept and his workers also slept. So I just run, just in the early morning, ran out. And then I met the broker and we journey to Musan. It's the first time is I crossed the Onseng, but the second time is the Musan areas. It's also too many. So Onseng is 25 meters high to maneuver, but it's Busan Musan is sometimes different. Sometimes only two meters, some areas two meters, some areas only five meters, one meter, it's very really close. To China and North Korea, it's a two-mile So Broko already uh, they have worked with these soldiers, these military soldiers, because soldiers also earn the money. Same in North Korea, that is, they have some of the kind of uh, business workers and soldiers. So Broko already worked with the soldiers, and we crossed the two-mile river. So before cross the two-mile river. I just hide my leg, I put the uh, it's, uh, plastics on my leg and then uh, put the shoes, then shoelace on the top, I just shoelace on the top because the leg was problems. And uh, we crossed the tumor level, uh, mm-hmm. that's why I, I plastics in here because it's water comes from that. So in midnight to uh, 2 a.m., we crossed the tumor level but this is uh, early November, and the uh, liver is already iced. Its no. top is iced. So when we put the leg on the uh, liver side, our body you know, how can I describe it? That is a, somebody's uh, this knife is just on, uh, on the knife, our body That is really, really cold, and... We all this is cold all is the body is just is smaller than so we cross the border but we cannot walk in road areas because this the river side and the, the in China and the North Korea that is a really dangerous way. So we cannot walk in road side in China because somebody already know that our clothes or something like that. So we walked in mountains. So we left North Korea at 2 a.m. and we uh, crossed to the next Chinese broker house, near the Chinese broker house. That is, uh, arrived in 9 p.m. You know, there's how many hours we walked today. I always hide my my leg. So nobody know that it's my leg was problems.
0: Did anybody find out about your leg?
1: Anybody, nobody find out because I never say, and it's, I never say that, it's, oh, I paint my legs. I never say that, I just only, I never sat down. I just only, sometimes we relax, somebody sat down, but I didn't sat down. I know that is, yeah.
0: So when you got across to China and you were back again, you're over the border, you're back again, surely the, the most important thing on your mind is your son.
1: Yes, it's only my son. I never think about the, anything. that.
0: So, how, how, how did you then get in touch with your son again? What, and, and how many years had it been since you left him and you went back, or how many months?
1: So, we nearly arrived near the Broker house. It's 9 p.m. Then we have to catch it on the taxi to Broker house. So, when we left North Korea with Broker and me, and also another younger girl, she also same as human trafficking, and also an old man. He is to find his relatives in uh, China. So we on the taxi, poor people on the taxi, and the taxi driver and the next is a North Korean broker, and we uh, all people is the uh, backside. But uh, usually in China is a Chinese the driver, is taxi is usually spy, because they knew that is uh, who is North Korean something that, and they have to go police stations. So if they report the North Koreans, is Chinese government paid to their money? This money is really uh, big, big enough money, and that is uh, somebody's one month better than one month's salaries. So that's why many Chinese people they find out that the North Koreans. Mm-hmm. So when we on the taxi driver asked to us, where did you go? But this North Korean broker, he didn't speak Chinese. He didn't know. But I knew Chinese and I quickly answered to him. So then he asked lots of questions to us, why this man can't speak Chinese. So I said that he's my husband, but he lived in Korean areas and he didn't graduate school, so he didn't speak Chinese. But that's true, most Chinese Korean people, they can't speak Chinese in these areas. Okay. That's true. And then he asked me again, that is a young lady. So I said that she's my sister and she's mute. And then old man is my father, and he also lived in Korean area, and he can't speak. So he said, how did you speak Chinese? So I said, I graduated high school. So I speak Chinese. So he said, again, he also asked to us, that is too late, why all family went to some areas? So I showed to him with my leg, I says my trousers were put off. And then I walked in, in mountain and there's a snake feed me. So that's why we went to the hospital. So he looked at my leg. So he said, oh, I quickly drive. Okay. Then he didn't ask to us. So it's all, everybody's really quiet because they also really scared. And then we arrived at the Chinese broker house. And after it's a Chinese, I know, North Korean broker shouted to me. And he said, that what kind of conversations with tribes? Because he knew that is a in China systems. So I explained everything. He said, she asked to us, says, where do you, where did you go? Why did you go? Why, oh, they can't speak Chinese. He asked a lot of questions. So I, I explained everything. And then he laughed and all bodies laugh. Oh, you saved it to us. And then, you know, that is a chance to me. Chance to me. I just is sat down, then I surely the off surely, and then I opened my plastics. And everyone is shocked. You know, my legs is swollen again, swollen, swollen. And then, you know, I didn't walk. I sat down, I didn't. Is stand up, and people, how did you walk? Why you didn't explain to me? And I cried, you know, I cried. Then I told to him, I have a child in, in here. I wanted to contact to him. So broker, No, no, no. You already promised me you just sold the Chinese man. So I cried again. So next morning I woke up and the uh, young lady is already gone because they already uh, sold to her Chinese man. And then North Korean broker told me that you contacted your son just only once time. So I quickly dialed to this uh, mother-in-law house. And uh, this is, Somebody's way way. That is motherly no. So I told it to her. I came. I came back. As yes, my son is there, so she said that yes. So please soft upon him. So I it's a soft upon, but my son is didn't answer. My son is up off upon. So I call it again, and he off up upon, and I call it again, and I say that his son. It's mom. It's mom. And then my son said that his mom? mom. And he cried. I cried. And this room is really quiet. And people heard my son's cry. And then my son opened. So I cried again. I cried again. And then, after this broker told me that I have two children in North Korea, so he is broker, so North Korea government already knew that he selling the people in China, something that's kind of illegal workers in China, but they didn't give, they didn't find out any evidence at the moment, but his police continued to look, so he said that if last night. Nobody speaks Chinese. We may be arrested in, in, in China. And then I send back to North Korea. So I send back to North Korea. I maybe execute or stay the political prison or families. So you saved my life, also saved my children's life last night. So today I save your life and your son's life. You have to find your son so i'm really thankful to him He's broker but he's also saved me and my son so i'm content i still memorized to him so i was a really lucky person you know in north korea i found out that this broker and i came to china and the broker also saved me that is really lucky so but i quickly uh, i wanted to quickly met my son but uh, that time, my condition is really bad. My hair is uh, changed to yellows because I was menstruation. My hair, re- my face is really dark, and my leg is really bad. Condition is really bad. So if my son looked at me, he shocked again because he already seen when I arrested. So I couldn't see my this uh, kind of face to him. So. I stayed in three months, my relative's house in area, and then I met my son next year, in uh, 2005, in March, before his birthday. So I met my son, I reunited my son.
0: And that must have been been a magical moment to see him again.
1: Yeah, but uh, when I saw my son, I really heart-breaking, because I left my son in China, the reasons that is, North, first, North Korea not accept this child because this child is a mixed child, the Chinese man and North Korea. So that's why North Korea didn't accept. And the second, if he went to the North Korea, he also hunger. but China is enough food he eat in China. But when I met my son, he looked like that is North Koreans orphan house, orphaned child, because his mother in his grandma never is version of his uh, clothes and never version of his body something and uh, his hair is too long and his hand is really dirty. <sighs> I I couldn't believe that because it, they hate me. I know that is, a, I was North Korean. But his, his uh, they grandchild, you know, but why they hate him? That is not his problems. So I really heartbreaking, And when I met my son, and I bought some food, and he eats, just eats, I didn't know that his he hungered maybe two so, uh, old maybe days he ate quickly then after he went to the toilet and to his diaries something that like.
0: so then how long were you in China before you left and then went to, across to mongolia
1: so that's two thousand five i uh with my son and I have to uh, Leave this China because I already knew that is a Chinese Chinese government how do they it and North Korea how do they treated and tortured to us, and if I send back to North Korea again, I can't meet my son in my lifetime. So I wanted to talk to South Korea first because we hold that is South many people. Or go to the South Korea, so that's why me and my son went to the Beijing, and we went to the, the South Korea embassy, but we can't <clears throat> success uh, to inside, because it's uh, in Chinese South Korea embassy in front outside is many Chinese police there, and they check our ID card, so I have the ID card, so. There we met the these many North Koreans because they also wanted to, to South Korea. So we met the nine North Koreans in front of the South Korean embassy and we chose that we have to go to Mongolia. So we journey to Mongolia. But the, when we arrived in China and the Mongolia border area, so it's China is two meter high and it's very really strong fences in there. And also Chinese police car, off down, of down, they checked is somebody who is close the border. So we this uh, cut the fence and uh, you know this cut the fence, that's really strong. And after, that sound is, Ping! it sounded really <laughs> focused towards, that is really strong defense.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. And we heard this sound and then everyone is across this fence and just run out. So me and my son is walk. I didn't run. I didn't run because my son also didn't know that is why we crossed this border. Mm-hmm. He only six. So if I explained to him everything, maybe he did understand that he only scared something. So I didn't explain. I just said, Han is holding the hand of him, and I walk walk. But that time somebody is come to us, somebody is, uh, uh, came to us. So I thought that uh, it was uh, Chinese police, but it is not a Chinese police. It is a uh, North Korean man we met in Beijing areas. So he came to us, and uh, he is uh, back to my son, and uh, holding my hand, and uh, we just run run, and then. We crossed the second, the the Chinese border, and also one-on-one. One. and in Mongolia border is really just only fifty centimeters, so we just crossed Mongolia border. Then we arrived in Mongolia areas, but I've seen first time is desert. I didn't know that is Mongolia is desert. I never know that, and I thought that desert is the sun sands you know but that's Mongolia is totally different not the sands yeah this is the localized mountains but it's no trees just only it's everywhere just uh, no it's trees no glasses, but it's really cold <laughs> it's totally different to my imagined desert
0: so where did where did you walk in Mongolia so where did you go to did you go to Ulaanbaatar
1: no no we didn't so we we arrived in Mongolia and uh, we have to find Mongolia military or Mongolia people first and then explained it to them but we didn't find any person we stayed there 3 days but we didn't find any people person and after we put this gone what was gone so if we continue to stay there we maybe died and nobody find out that so this man is somebody who is saved to us in chinese area chinese border area and this man told us we cannot die in, in this area nobody find out so we have to go to china again
0: no she had to go back to china
1: Yes, 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 so we crossed, we have to China again. So we crossed the Mongolia border and the Chinese border again. And we went to Beijing. So we stayed Beijing two years. We stayed Beijing two years. And then after I met the, the American Korean pastor in uh, Chinese area, because there's many pastors that helped North Koreans. so. He helped to us and he sent to us United Nations. So first time I heard that United Nations. Really? Yeah, yeah. So I thought that is United Nations maybe similar brokers. Because wow. I didn't know that is a United I never heard that it's United Nations. What means United Nations? So they asked asked to us so you are going to America, South Korea or Europe countries. So we know that is a South Korea journey is really dangerous journey. And uh, we didn't know that the journey is a success or not because we cannot believe that this United broken. <laughs> we cannot. And America is the same. America and South Korea are really enemy countries to us. So if we send back to North Korea, that is really high risk. But Europe is maybe a little bit. So that's why we chose Europe. We know that it's England. Because uh, in North Korea, teaching the England English. South Korea is teaching American English. So we know that is it's uh, these king countries. Ah. So that's why I chose England. But uh, my imagined England is uh, the man is wearing the hat and the woman is wearing a dress. That is really romantic, yeah? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> So, I thought before I arrived in England, I thought that is people still wearing the uh, same kind of uh, man wearing the hat and people, uh, girls wearing the dress. I thought that. <laughs> Hydro, Hydro Airport. Yeah. i really surprised because I know that is English people is white, white color. But when I arrived in Hydro, that is a totally different. I've seen it's a different color of people, <laughs> really surprised. <laughs> <laughs> because in North Korea, we learned that, is that they live in only same national people live in country. But China was the same, just only same uh, nationalists live in their country. So that's why they uh, sent back to, to us because we are not Chinese. We are illegal. Person who live in China. But it, <laughs> that is really surprising. People wearing also clothes are totally different. Uh, that is a surprise, but that is not so much a surprise. Then we passed the border area and we went to the Victoria stations. Yeah. That is surprised because newspaper. That is most surprised me. It's everywhere, newspaper, and is the top of pages of somebody pictures in there but people put the rope is bean or people some this is a, on the chair and they and then sat down in there, <laughs> on the newspaper. Oh my god, that is maybe people that is political problems. Maybe police <laughs> artists do it hey?
0: <laughs> to sit on the newspaper. <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, yeah. Because in North <laughs> Korea newspaper meanings really political meanings. And the,
0: you wouldn't you, you in North Korea. You wouldn't sit on a newspaper ever.
1: Oh, oh no, we cannot. That is North. This newspaper also really important. We have to read, and then we back to this the uh, area or comparison because they have got the picture Kim Il Sung and Kim Jong uns picture.
0: Just just tell me quickly before we finish. Tell me about that man that you fell in love with and became your husband because. Uh, I I believe he was the man that rescued you at the Chinese border.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, it's, we usually watch the romantic music, uh, movies. But the, my uh, romance is a totally different. That is a real movie. Yeah, I really felt first time. I fell in love, with man. People, you know that I was a human trafficking, so I really hate man. But I when I met my husband, oh. I still, when I see him, it's still my heart free. It's, yeah, yeah. So I love, yeah, I love him. And my happiness is coming with him in here, yeah.
0: How beautiful and such a happy ending. And now you have three children?
1: Yes, I have three children. And my son is now university. So he... He awarded this year as a higher education award in in this year. Yeah, and the my second son is now high school, and the, my daughter is a start high school, and the, she's born in, in here, England. So she usually say that is I am original English. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this the, tell me what what does what does it mean to to spend your years in the UK? What does it mean to you? Does it, is the UK home or will North Korea always be home?
1: Yes, UK is the, my hometown. Because in North Korea, when I was born in North Korea and when I sent back to North Korea, nobody is welcome to me. They hate me, they tortured me and I lost all families. But in the UK, we are different cultures and the different faces and the different languages, but UK people welcomed me in here. So when I heard welcome, I cried, I cried because it's welcome, that is only one word, but give to us challenges, dreams, of everything this means. So I am very thankful UK people accepted to us refugee in here and they gave to me new life in here. So this is my hometown. Yeah, I love this country.
0: And we are very, very grateful that you decided to choose the UK to be your hometown because you've just shared a, an incredible story with us and one that will stay in my memory forever jihun park i've 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 got nothing to say to you apart from thank you so much for taking the time to share such an amazing story and to touch me in the way that you did over the course of the last two hours
1: thank you so much thank you
0: how wonderful what a wonderful lady how cool is she a story of unimaginable suffering leaving your dad your brother and then after having a baby, after all you've been through, being taken away from that child, only then to reunite, find hope, fall in love with someone that saved you through the border fence and then onto a new life on the other side of the world. I have no idea before this conversation about what it really was like in North Korea. I probably still don't have much of an idea, but the last 90 minutes has given me a really good insight. And hopefully you've really enjoyed what I've just sat through. And hopefully you can take some lessons and some inspiration from somebody who never gave up, who kept fighting, kept going, all for the love of her son and for a better future for herself. So it's always important to mention people that you partner with and partners for the podcast are Najahi Events and Najahi Tribe. Now, Najahi sounds like an unusual word and it is, but it's Arabic for my success. And Najahi have brought some of the world leading public speakers, motivational speakers, inspirational leaders across the Dubai over the course of the years and Abu Dhabi, mind you. And Najahi brought, I don't know, people like Tony Robbins, ever heard of him? Okay, Nick Vujicic, no arms, no legs, no worries. Lisa Nichols, Prince EA, Jay Shetty, uh, Alicia Keys. And people like this and they bring them in and they run events and from those events we go and we learn from these incredible people on top of that they launched the najahi tribe recently where they have a collective of the world's greatest trainers that literally you can join become a member of take advantage of a training from all of these different people like real experts in their field I've got a sneaky suspicion I might be one of them as well. But anyway, (laughs) hopefully you will go and check them out for me because you enjoy these episodes of the podcast. And remember, it's always team effort and I can't do it without the support of these people. So go check out Najahi Events, N-A-J-A-H-I Events.com. I'll see you soon.